Okay, here we go. The Pen and Maggie Show. He's about to get crazy and wild. Stay for a while. Don't touch a radio dial. The Pen Show. Kicking it back. Sports talk. Listen to that and stay tuned for some giggles and last Go. Welcome to the Pen and Mikey Show. Yeah. Oh, God, it's hard to be the greatest football franchise in the history of football, but I'm going to get over this. <laughs> Hi, buddy. Buddy's here. Buddy's the dog. He's our buddy, and he's the best dog ever. Can you say speak? Can you speak? Buddy, can you speak? How do you make him bark, Smitty? Kick him in the ass. Kick him in the ass. I'm not doing that. Okay, buddy, you sit. I'll give you a biscuit, I promise. Ben Kitchen is here. Hi, Ben. Hi. How you feeling? Because you look awful. <laughs> I, I think I feel better than I look. We're here for episode 11. I want to thank everybody uh, who's listened to the first 10. Thousands and thousands of downloads, Ben. Thousands. Thousands. Good God almighty. I didn't think it would be that quick. You know, we're not giving away anything yet. Do we have any coffee cakes? <laughs> um, and speaking of sponsorships, I want, to, I want to tell you that this podcast is, as always, brought to you by the great Dr. Robert Leonard and Dr. Matthew Lepresti of Leonard Hair Transplant Associates at 1-800-GET-HAIR. They fixed my balding pate, made me feel like a million bucks, actually 1.25 with inflation, and uh, we're here to tell you all about that. And we've had some great guests so far, and those have been pulling in huge amounts of, uh, what do you call them, downloaders, uh, podcasts? Dozens and dozens. No, thousands and thousands. Sure. We're not, you know, dozens. We, we hit that in the first 10 minutes. And uh, <laughs> didn't we? Uh, but we have a team of highly rated and highly paid professionals here pro- providing this podcast for you on a weekly basis. And I want to tell you that tonight's show is going to be special, although somewhat haphazard and scatterbrained, because we're going to be all over the map. I know you've got a list of uh, things to talk about. I sure do. Do you want to mention the Patriots? They're good. They are so good. You know, these people that are trying to find ways to criticize the greatest fucking coach in the history of the National Football League by by a mile. No one's criticizing him right now. They try, though. They all Uh, all season. They try. He doesn't draft well. And he, uh, you know, he's grumpy. And he, uh, 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 I I get sick and tired of hearing. That's like saying, well, yeah, okay, but it doesn't. That's like that's yes, like criticizing he's, he Jesus is, because the, he doesn't shave. Well, that's a problem. See what I'm saying, though? It's a problem. It's hygiene. You can't it's hygiene. You Jesus. can't criticize the greatest. Uh, it's like criticizing no, but you Gino Oriema. Just because he's the greatest doesn't mean he's perfect. No, no, nobody's perfect. Yes, very few exceptions. And he's got few flaws, but we have to pick at them. Why? Because why? We need something to talk about. Why? So you got to because play, people get paid to talk about things. You got to, and that's one of those things playboy, they get paid to talk about. A Playboy model is your girlfriend, and you complain because she, she is. She snores. Well, bitch, get right? out. <laughs> She's. I don't care how hot she is. It's it's ridiculous. And the same goes for Brady. Oh well, he didn't play well. He didn't. He didn't. How well did he have to play to win? Isn't the object of the he, game? He, he didn't to have to win? play that well to win. <laughs> that's win? the great part about it. Oh, but anyway, he's still people. the greatest of all time. I don't understand why you, you're talking about it like they're infallible. Well, as in relativity, yes, they're infallible. They're better than any other team ever. They've been doing it for years and years. Yes, I drafting. agree with all of that. Okay, so then why are these people going to pick, pick, pick? You hear them on both stations, 98.5 and WEI. Oh, we have to come up with something to say here that's controversial so we can get some dialogue. Shut the fuck up. You're stupid. Don't say stupid things just so you can have an argument with somebody on the air with you. That's fucking stupid, don't you think? Yeah. It's contrived. See? <laughs> I mean, I, it, it gets predictable. It sure does. And I don't know who's doing the programming over there, but let me tell you something. It's crazy. I heard Fourier and, uh, and uh, Hillman on, on, the, on the Super Bowl coverage. Ooh. It didn't sound right. Hillman's fine. He has his thing. It's good. Yeah, he's good at what Fourier's he does. Fourier's good. I like Fourier. He's really good at what but he does. But I don't know why they have to squeeze him together and make it. Was it was brutal because I, I like Hillman, but I don't listen to him for football talk. That's the last thing. I do have a State of the Union message planned for later in the podcast. But, you know, who am I to criticize? I'm sitting over here. I don't have a radio job. I'm not, I can't criticize Joe Zarbano, who used to be my intern. How, how can I criticize him? 
I mean, he learned from the best, Jeff Brown. Uh, you know, that guy really, really knew his stuff. And Kevin, he learned from Kevin, who's someday is going to have a spine. <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyway. You got that out of your system? Now? <laughs> no, I, I, and I totally agree. If I'm, if I'm Joe Zarbano, if I, what I do is I take the most talented guy I can find, I put him on a morning show. And that's why much there. <laughs> he didn't have it out of his system yet. By the way, speaking now of Mutt, people have been asking system. me over and over again, when yes. are you going to talk about Mutt? That is coming up in a very soon future episode. I'm going to be able to talk about... I like Mutt. My pal Mutt. I like him. He failed at midday with Lou. Then he failed on my show miserably. Then he went drunk driving. And then uh, (laughs) he's the pathetic peckerhead from Pepperell who purposefully perpetrated a poison pill on the planet. Sorry. That's a good guy. So, uh, Ben, how you been? Everything, how, everything going well for you? I'm good, man. I, I, <laughs> I, I think I'm doing better than you. I'm fine. I'm, I'm, you <laughs> Are you? Can I tell you something? Oh, seriously, look at me. I'm I, looking at I've you. I've never been happier in my life than in the past two years because I, the one thing I didn't like was, and I love work. Doing, I love doing the, <laughs> <laughs> I love doing the radio show because the people, the callers, Lenny, you know, all the stuff we had, it was fun. But when it gets to the point where you have to have a contrived, almost a scripted, you know, got to have conflict, then I'm out of there. You know what I'm saying? That's not That wasn't the style of the show that I had. It was fun. I tried to have fun. That's what it's all about. And that's what every show should be like. And for that reason, on the podcast tonight, I've brought with me, aside from all this weed, an Etch-A-Sketch. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking idiot. Uh... All right. You want my State of the Union? What do you want to, what do you want to talk about? I mean, I, I'll talk about anything you want to talk about. Wine, women, song, donkeys. Super Bowl you... halftime show. I know you're a huge Maroon 5 fan. I am. Well, I'm more, more than that. I'm into nipples. I like nipples. Who doesn't like nipples? I like nipples? them one at a time, though, unlike a lot of people. <laughs> really? <laughs> Ever since I was a baby. Yeah, one at a time. No, that was a terrible halftime show. It was awful. <laughs> Probably the worst I've Listen, seen. Listen, if, if I wasn't a Patriots fan, that would have been the most brutal, painful, boring Super Bowl experience altogether. Talking about the halftime show, no the scoring. commercials, yeah. and, and limited scoring. I mean, it was still an interesting game, yeah. but horrible commercials. Nobody tried. Nobody gave a shit. They were terrible. The halftime show was dreadful. Totally disinteresting. So the whole experience, if you take that experience as a whole, it sucked. As a whole. If you weren't a Patriots fan. I mean, it would be more interesting if you took it as a whole. But here's the problem with this whole this whole. They, they should go back, bring back Anita Bryant. Is she dead? She did one of the first Super Bowl halftime shows. You remember Anita Bryant? No. no. <laughs> I'm asking Ben Fuck. here. No. I'm asking little baby Ben over here with a little young guy. Uh, Anita Bryant was a singer like in the 60s or something like that. Mm, okay, right? Grandpa. That? And she was... Uh, she was anti-homosexuality vociferously. She was also the spokesperson for the fresh fruit and oranges naturally. Florida with extra vitamin C on the Florida sunshine tree. Remember she sang that stupid jingle about fucking orange juice or some shit? So why do you want to bring this homophobic twat because, back? Because people would like to see what she looks like now, 50 years later. That's I have why. no That's interest. a freak show. Well, we saw what uh, uh, what's her name looked like fifty years later. I think they Gladys should, Knight. They should have the finals of America's Got Talent in the halftime show. The finals, the last three acts, instead of some self-indulgent band full of shit balls who we don't care about, who have multiple tats and nipples. I don't care about them. multiple nipples, all of them. I don't care about them. I want to see the. It's not often you find a band where every member has multiple nipples, but Maroon Five. Yeah, I'd like to see a guy who has a dog. <laughs> uh, you know, a guy who has a dog, a blind guy that has a blind dog that can play the harmonica like out of his ass. Something different. Well, he was here last week, but he's not blind. <laughs> By the way, James Montgomery was really great, wasn't he, last week? Huh? Absolutely great. Uh, so, I went to Florida. Speaking of Florida, you can't light this right now. The show's on. I, All right, go ahead. Why couldn't I light oh, that right yeah, now? I, I actually I wasn't even reaching for that, but go ahead. Nobody cares. But I'll take it now. 
So I'm on the. Uh, this was on the day that it went down to five degrees. It was the Sunday. Uh, last uh, week ago Sunday, and it was like five degrees. After the snow, we had the, you know, and the airport was closed and stuff. So I kept getting notices from JetBlue that said, uh, your flight's been delayed. Instead of at 12, it's going to be at 2.42. But please get here for the time for your original flight, just in case we were able to move it back. So I, oh. fucked up. Yeah. Oh, so now I get an extra two-hour wait no matter what happens, right? So I get to the airport. And they tell me it's now going to go at 4.52, not 2.32, 4.52. I say, well, that's two, three hours. i got to wait. Fine. So I wait. I find out that in my waiting room was uh, also Dwight Evans, former Red Sox outfielder who was flying also to Fort Myers. And I went up to him around 4 o'clock, and I said, this sucks, huh? He goes, I've been here since noon. You went up after your erection calmed down. No. <laughs> You're so excited. I know Dwight Evans. He's been on the program that I used to have, the radio program. Good guy. He and his wife waiting four and a half hours, right? So now it's 5 o'clock. Guess what time the flight took off? 9.30. Yeah. Really? Yes. That's exactly right. But first they told us, oh, it's going to go at 7. And we waited and we all got in line. And they said, well, it's going to be 8 o'clock. We're waiting for the crew. Mm. You know, we only have one runway open here at Logan, and all every other flight's being canceled, all of them, every single one from every airline, and this one was going to go off, but not until they made us wait seven hours. Did I tell you about my adventure at uh, O'Hare Airport in Chicago? You know what the pilots say when they're going to land at O'Hare? They go, eh, we're just about to land at Chicago's O'Hare. <laughs> O'Hare. O'Hare Airport. <laughs> You're a sick fuck. I'm sorry, what are you going to say about O'Hare? So last May, June, whatever it was, I go to Chicago with my fiance because she's got to work. And one of my good friends lives out there, and I hadn't seen him for a couple of years since he moved out there. So I went to go see him. Now, you know, I don't drink very often. A couple times a year do I drink to get drunk and have fun. So I've become a lightweight over the last Each couple of them years. Each of six months. <laughs> so I go out there. We're drinking all day, 11 a.m. straight to 5 p.m. when we got to get in the car and go to the airport. We get there, flight's at 6.30, delayed, 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 delayed all the way to 12.30. We think we're going to get out. I've been hammered all day and feel like just absolute dog shit. So it keeps getting delayed, and the attendant at the gate was such a dickhead to everybody, an absolute dickhead. So at the end of the time when we know it's finally not going to happen at all, the flight's just canceled. Did you kick that person's ass? No, but I'm still pretty drunk at this point. And we have to find some place to sleep, and they're like, oh, we'll, we'll bring you cots. Fuck you. Thanks. I'm not sleeping on a goddamn cot at the airport. Fuck right off. You bring me a dozen so rubbers? So it finally gets, it gets canceled, and everyone kind of goes up to the gate, and they're like, well, what are we supposed to do now? Can we book tomorrow's flight with you right now? This guy was being just a dick. He wouldn't answer anyone's question. Everyone's miserable. They've been there for seven, oh, eight yeah. hours. Ready to kill the guy. And this fucking asshole is just being a dick. And he starts yelling at my fiance. And I'm just still drunk at that point. Normally, I don't really care. Whatever. Right. Nothing's going to happen. I don't give a shit. You guys can yell at each other. But and I your just, gun was in the car. I just went off on him, started yelling at him, calling him fucking asshole. I was really close to saying things yeah. I definitely shouldn't have said, which would have gotten me arrested. But he calls the cops. He did, on you. On me. Oh, did you get rousted? So the cop comes over, but I see the cop coming, so I make a beeline to him. It's like, oh, I'm going to get the first word in. I'm not going to let him get to this guy and have this fucking dick skew the story and get me arrested. So I go straight to him. I probably reek of tequila on my breath, and I'm just explaining to him, like, listen, I'm really tired. It's been a long time, blah, 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 blah. This guy was being a real jerk to everyone. He started yelling at people, so I just kind of mouthed off to him because he was being an asshole. That's what happened. It was the tequila. Cop was the coolest guy in the world. Yeah. I said, don't worry about well, it. He understands tequila. He's like, that guy's a jerk. <laughs> you know, so he brings me over. To, I, I thought I was going to get arrested. When I first see the cop coming, I'm like, yeah, I'm in trouble. I'm going to get arrested at the fucking airport and yep. I'm never Strip getting search. out of this shithole. Strip search. <laughs> so we finally get a hotel room, everything. We go outside and there's a line 80 deep, people waiting for cabs to go to various different hotels for the evening. And I'm getting sick. And I'm getting Literally. really sick. Yeah. And thank God she has one of those Newport News bags. So so just give me that bag for a second. <laughs> you didn't. In the middle of this line. Fill her up. 
and I puke loud. There is no secret about it. There's no going. Yeah. <laughs> oh, as loud as I can, and you yeah. can hear the bag filling up and splashing, and the bag emptying on the other end. Nope. She, like a trooper, took that bag, walked it about two hundred feet, and just... sold it to somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, threw it away. But it was fun. you could see yeah. the weight of it. Right now, that was all obviously food because you drank tequila. That doesn't take up that much room. No, some like shitty chicken sandwich I tried to eat yeah, to yeah. absorb see? some of it. There's your problem. Should have just kept drinking. Here's my thing on tequila, and I've been I've had a lot of tequila in my life. In my lifetime, when I drink tequila, I either have to a get laid, b get in a fist fight, c both D with the same person sometimes, because tequila, I mean, it makes you. It makes does you. Does he usually get the best of you? It, it makes you into an asshole. Basically, tequila does, and it's supposed to. Now, but if that's legal, then how come weed? Why is it wasn't? supposed to? Because that's the whole idea. You know, you don't drink tequila so you can sit down in front of a fireplace and read a book. I think if tequila makes you an asshole, you're just a fucking asshole. Dr. Robert Leonard is my friend. He's also my savior of my head and my life. Dr. Leonard replaced my hair with my own permanently growing hair back in 2003, and my life has never been the same. I had a big bald spot in the back. Uh, it was like a, I looked like a monk. i got to be honest with you. The thing was getting bigger. It, was, it started off as a quarter, and it ended up being like a pancake-sized thing. I said, I can't do this. So he transplanted some of my hair. It was easy. It was painless. And it, it grows, and it grows forever. This was 15 years ago. I've told thousands and thousands of people over 10, 12, 15 years, this guy, Dr. Robert Leonard, and, of course, Dr. Matthew Lepresti, his chief surgeon now, uh, is th these guys are experts at transforming your, your hair and your head. And the, the thing about it is you can be bald. That's fine. Some people look good bald. I, didn't, I wasn't one of them. I didn't want to be one. I wanted to have my hair. And I got my own hair back thanks to Dr. Robert Leonard. You can call for a free... Uh, assessment, if you will, a consultation, no obligation, and it's free. It's 1-800-GET-HAIR. Tell them Mikey told you about it, and you want to find out more. All right, now, State of the Union. You, did you see uh, Donald Trump today? No, you didn't. Nope. I met him, you know. When? Fenway Park in 2006. He came to throw out the first ball. This is, oh, this is part of our section called Brushes with Greatness. <laughs> Brought to you by Colgate. Uh, he walked into the the remote studio, the center field studio we sure. had. And we were doing the Jimmy Fund. Yep. And I, I, you know, Glenn's on. There's eight, ten of us in the room. Pete Shepard, a bunch of us. And here he comes. You know, here comes uh, Donald Trump. I said, Look, here he comes, Donald Trump. He comes walking in. He walks in this group of ten, twelve people. Cameraman from Nesson. We're all in there. Points at me and goes, "You're fired." He says, "I'm like, oh. yeah." Singled me out, well. basically, uh, that I was fired. And uh, I, I thought he was a pretty nice guy. Of course, you know, he offered, he, I think he put $60,000 toward the Jimmy Fund thing. So I think he got it from his election uh, fund. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, Donald Trump's State of the Union aside, I, Mikey Adams, running for president in 2020, I'm just doing an exploratory committee right now, Ben. What are, you, what are you exploring? Uh, the possibilities of running for president as a centrist libertarian. I don't want to – I'm like that Howard Schultz guy sort of. I don't want to be a Democrat. I don't want to be a Republican. I want to be someone who's common sense down the middle. And I have – I mean, give me an issue. Give me a big issue. Any issue. Well, I'll give you an issue. Uh, you're not a billionaire like Schultz is. Don't need That's to be. That's an issue. It's a grassroots effort. I'm starting from how – mu How much grass? <laughs> All of it. All of it. Uh, like immigration, okay? You want to start with that? I have a solution. No, but let's go. No, come on. This is like, I, first all right, of all. All right, solve immigration right first now. Of all, Do it. First of all, I love people from different countries. You know, they, they a million people a year come in from all different countries, and they come into this country, and they're new immigrants, and they're legal immigrants, and we all love them because that's we, what we all are, okay? So putting that aside, the problem we have in this country is illegal immigration. That's people overstaying their visas, people coming across the border, and... Believe me when I tell you, there's no better friends in my life than my Hispanic friends from Cuba, from Venezuela, from the Dominican. I love them. And I wish the country was half, at least half, Hispanic people because I get along with Hispanic people famously. And yo hablo la lengua, yo puedo hablar en español, es mi segunda lengua. Es importante, sí. But here's the problem, okay? 
I compare this immigration problem to Disney World. <laughs> wait, 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 you're laughing. Does everybody want to go to Disney World? Yeah, because they're both a blast. Does everybody want to go to Disney World? Sure. Happiest place in the world. Does everybody want to go to America? Yeah. Okay. But does anybody go to Disney World for free? No. Of course not. You got to pay. And whoa, by the whoa, way. Whoa, 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 Tom Brady and Julian Edelman. Okay, right. There are a couple of exceptions. They were there promotionally. Here's the thing. If you have a place where everybody wants to be, you have to charge people to get there. And then you can't make them, they can't stay when, as long as they want to. And they do have to get in line. And you do have to build a fence around it so people don't sneak in. These are all common sense things. Well, okay, hold on real quick. Why do you have to charge them? To get into Disney World? Yeah. Oh, you just let them come in free? Do you know what the lines would be Disney's like? Disney's a business. This is a country. It's slightly different. Well, except that it's not that different because in order to prevent what we have is quite obviously everybody wants to come here to America, but we can't let everybody come here, right? You agree with that? Logistically, no. Yes, you can't we, can, let everybody. we cannot let everyone in. Like Disney can't let everybody into Disney World because the lines are already long. That's for the people that are paying $120 a day to be there. Oh, They're fools. still long. And, and what's the worst thing you can do at Disney, Disney World? Cut the line. <laughs> you do that, people are going to get pissed. Okay, so here's my. I, I haven't been since I was three, so I have no fucking clue. I'm taking you. When? <laughs> I got a birthday here's, coming up. Here's the answer to this problem you charge each person 10000 bucks to get in to America. Okay. All those people that are lined up there. Now, they're, they're not asylum seekers per se, they're just people who want to come in. <laughs> you know, charge them with 10000 bucks. Like the Disney Speed Pass. You're kind of letting them cut the line a little bit, but they're paying for the privilege, right? Not unlike the Speed Pass. But here's what we demand when you do that. A photo ID with a thumbprint, and they sign a piece of paper that says if they commit any crime, they are banned from Disney World forever. Okay? So all you're asking them is not commit crimes, basically. Wait, so if they come to this country and photo ID, thumbprint, yeah. but they commit a crime, they're... Their punishment is they can't go to Disney World. That's <laughs> fucked up. I mean, I, I mean, no, I, they're kicked fine. out of America. Fine, they're kicked out of America. You get to come to this great nation, but you you steal a nickel out of the tray. Well, <laughs> you can't go to fucking Disney. That's right. In fact, to take a penny, leave a penny. You can't even take a. Penny. You murder a family. <laughs> We're You're not out. throwing you in You're jail. Out. You don't have to leave the country. You just now can't wait. fucking go to Disney. You hear no, me? No, it, but not I'm, world. I'm you can still go to Disneyland. That's fine. Using, Nobody wants to go to that fucking place anyway. I'm using America as the it's a it's a stand-in for <laughs> Disney. You have to understand this, okay? Now, if these people have no money, and many of them don't, yes, they are allowed if they want. You give them the option; they can work uh, at the border uh, for, or, bu- or building a wall. Mm. <laughs> you already asked uh, me. Wait, building a wall, which is something we need. And secondly, or if they don't want to build a wall, then they can work on what we have as uh, these pot farms that are now established along the border. They can work on the pot farm for one year, and then they can go, be- go in without paying the 10000 bucks. Right? So now you, you've got two things that, that could. So, so wait, for that one year, are they, they're not getting paid? No, they have housing and food, but they have to work. So who pays for this housing and food? The Where pot does- farm. Why does the pot farm have to pay for it then? Well, that's because that's where the money's coming from. The money to, to subsidize. So why did the pot farm people have to get screwed out of this? No, that's a government thing. The government's running that. They're, instead of paying money to these people, they're going to let them live there for free and to accommodate well, they're that. Pay, they're paying for the housing and the food. The government's paying for the housing and the food, and they're, ra- they're raising a pot crop that is legalized nationally. So now we're paying more for these fucking people. No. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. I think you should work on a pot farm. (laughs) So anyway, that's a pretty good solution, right? No. Listen, I don't don't mind your charging them or something like that or or some kind of way of – that's fine with the wall part. You you legalize pot nationally, and you use the revenue to build along the border army bases. You don't even need a wall when you got an army base there. Just build a fucking giant moat. <laughs> now we also one drawbridge you, you know, and rich, put the put the crocodiles in it. Rich people around the world have the opportunity to pay between fifty and a hundred thousand dollars to come into the country and buy their citizenship, but they got to pay like a hundred thousand bucks. Okay, 
And so then you, there's a huge windfall that's going to come into the U.S. of A. from people who just want to live here that have the money it, to pay fifty or 100000 bucks. But let me ask, how does that stop people from doing it illegally? I, I understand where you're going with it, and I, generally I, I kind of like where you're going. But how does it stop people from doing it illegally? Well, Isn't not, that still the problem? I don't think anything completely stops that. You're, there's always going to be a way that some people, I think you have to just deter the huge crowds of people that are trying and coming across and basically disappearing into our country. If they come across and you let them, if you know, you pay or you work and you get the thing. We just need to know who you are. Give us your thumbprint. Give us your photo ID so that we know who you are. What's wrong with that? No, I know, but he, here's my problem still. Is that the people that are coming in and committing crimes are, I will guarantee you, do not have $10,000 to come here legally, so they will find some way to do it illegally anyway. So I don't, that's where my well, problem is. We're going to give them a that, job. You can build this wall, you can grow this weed. Your choice. <laughs> and guess what? After you're done, you get to come in for the rest of your life. Huh? <laughs> you're not looking at it like. Ben's got a look on his face like, I just stepped off the planet Zwangzar. All right, here's my- we we got a workshop, and this is why you're doing a exploratory committee here. <laughs> you have to bounce these no. ideas off other people just exactly. to get the responses. Right. And I, I'm just trying to make sense of all this and make it work for everybody. That's all I'm trying to do. Because I, I, I think everybody that wants to come here should be able to come here, but not under their conditions, under our legal conditions. That's all. Just to make it fair for the people who are standing in line already waiting. That's all. What do you think? Up or down with the thumb? Listen, I like the idea of a cash buy-in. There you I go. I like that and, idea. In that money, by the way, our national debt is $21 trillion. If provided that you – it expedites the process, which is part of the problem, is how quickly it takes or how long it takes to become a citizen. Right. As long as it speeds that up, sure. That, okay. And That's I think good. that partly solves your problem of people coming in illegally. Now, about health insurance, uh, simple, one line. Catastrophic health insurance for every American citizen. It's paid for by the government, but you've got to take it out of everybody's pay, including people who are, are receiving benefits, because somebody's got to pay for it. Catastrophic health coverage. Notice that I've had a few of those what, already on my face. <laughs> <laughs> Catastrophes, that is. What, what is uh, can you give me a couple examples? Catastrophic? Yeah, you get cancer. Okay. You know, you you have to have your spleen removed and replaced by a two by four. What? <laughs> the sorry. fuck I'm are you sorry. talking about? <laughs> Sad right. part is, is you're still making more sense than Trump. That's it. All right. How about this? You ready for this? Here's a big issue. And just lately, this new law for th- late third trimester abortions. Jeez, God, I'm not an anti, you know, I'm kind of a pro-choice. I'm pro-life and pro-choice at the same time. Personally, I'm pro-life. I, I know, understand that there's a world out there where, where sometimes pro-choice is, is, is necessary. Mm-hmm. I don't think you got to wait till the baby's, you know, learning the alphabet to have, a, have an abortion. Well, here's, here's what I think. That, that seems cruel and unnecessary. There should be a limit on it. At what month? See, this is the, this is the debate. When does life begin? I, I don't know, but I, I think there should be a limit on it. But I am generally pro-choice, not my body, not my say, really. Okay, but you uh, wouldn't you wouldn't encourage waiting till the end of that process. Absolutely not. But 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 here's what I would say: there also needs to be a grace period on the other side of it. I would say from ages three to five, you can rethink it. If that kid by three is a piece of shit, and you're just like, you oh, know what? God. You're such an <laughs> asshole. I mean, can I tell you? I got a solution to that. You ready? This but is- am I right? No, this is the no, answer. No, I'm not. No, this is the answer. You ready? <laughs> yes. How about you get all the people who are desperately seeking to adopt a child, desperately, with all of their heart, you get them together with the people who are desperately seeking to abort a child at that, at that birth moment, and you match them up and you say, now, nah, we're not going to let this happen. These people are going to take this baby. Cool? Rather than kill the baby? I do think that would be great. There's your answer then. Allow that to happen. Speed up the adoption process to the point where you're putting people together with, a, with one purpose, to save a baby's life. Is that, is that cool? Generally. I am going to get elected in 2020. <laughs> Are we back? Yeah. We took a quick break. Buddy had to take a shit.
No, Buddy is our, our, our mascot here. He's Smitty's dog. He's a wonderful human being. Mm-hmm. And we love Buddy. And so he's going to be with us for every single episode we do uh, on this uh, podcast. Well, for another six weeks. Is that all we have? Yeah. Six weeks? No, that's all Buddy has. He's dying? Yeah. Oh, that's the goddamn saddest thing that's everyone ever brought to light on this podcast. He's going to live for. He's going to outlive you. I'll tell you what, Ben. Want to bet? How old is How old is uh, Buddy? He's four. He's got ten more years. Easy. You may not. <sighs> You're a real son of a bitch. Ben Kitchen. Yes. Smitty. Mikey on the podcast uh, episode eleven. And uh, yeah, we've survived it. Uh, what do you got for me, Ben? Super Bowl. What? Now this is. Have a, you been we, to a Super Bowl? To the actual game? Any game? To yeah. an actual Super Bowl yeah, game? Yeah. No, no, I haven't. No, no, I've been sent twice for Super Bowl week, but no game because Weei. Mm-hmm. Not that they're cheap bastards or anything. They send everybody down there. They do their jobs, and then they say, "Come back Saturday." You don't get to go to the game. That sucks. I actually prefer that. Because I'd rather be watching the game on TV instead of... I, I don't know. I don't, don't have like, a hotel room to watch it in over there. Fucking stay in the hotel room if I'm there. Well, it's a TV. If you want the TV, at least you're going to be there for the party after. True, but it was a tame Super Bowl, right? Nothing happened. No drama, no real... Nothing juicy during Super Bowl week. I guess not. I don't know. Right? I don't know. But they, there's been some good I was ones. There, I was there 23 years. They didn't send me to one Super Bowl. EEI. They were so cheap. To the Super Bowl week? Nothing. Never. Not once. Well, they sent mutt. I, w- I went twice. <laughs> Fuck you. So but, anyway, yeah. So in the past, there's been some great lead ups to Super Bowl weeks and some interesting things that actually happen in the Super Bowl. Do you remember the seventies? Sure. Vaguely. Yep. Okay. Hollywood Henderson, player for the Cowboys, yep. linebacker for the Cowboys. Yep. Goes into the Super Bowl against the Steelers, but he needs he needs to get going for the game, so yeah. he sneaks a bunch of coke. In a nasal spray bottle, brings it in, sneaks it in his pants, onto the field. <laughs> in his pants. Yeah. Blowing coke on the field. That's horrendous behavior. And think of the children. Do you condone that? Well, first of all, today, February 7th. Did you know it was going on at the time? Uh, I, I didn't care. This how, 19 how, years ago how today. How deep into coke were you nine, at the time? This is it. 19 years ago today, February 7th, 2000. Was the last time I ever saw it, touched it, thought about it. Uh, it was my ent- my intervention. And look at me now. And it worked. Look at me now. I'm a Buddhist monk. <laughs> I'm a Catholic priest. I'm yeah. a I'm a saint. Yeah, I mean, other than the sniffing glue part, but Not, well, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. It's a little Dane Bramage. That's about it. Now, do you so remember that Hollywood Henderson thing? Is uh, yeah, just snorting coke. Well, well Tommy, third uh, quarter. Uh, Tim Raines used to carry coke on the yeah. baseball field. Tim Rock Raines? Yeah, that's why they called him that. Yeah. Jeez. Rock. Eugene Robinson. It's a bad drug, though, by the way. Cocaine. Atlanta Falcons player? Yeah. Do you remember this? Gets arrested for solicitation of a prostitute the night before the Super Bowl. But the best part about that was the fact that earlier that day, Robinson was awarded the Bart Starr Award for the player that, quote, <laughs> best exemplifies outstanding character and leadership in the home, on the field. And in the community. Uh, he, he rented a prostitute and he said, I'm going to Bart your star. <laughs> what's, I mean, what's wrong with these people? See, the NFL, can I just say something? The NFL. How, how does that go into your mind? The day you win that stupid fucking award that you knew was fraudulent anyway, the night before Super Bowl, right. you're trying to go get a hooker. You can't get laid. You're a football player. Right. Never mind. You're the, you're the trophy winner for the, what is it, Bart Star Award? You'd think that there'd some be some wide open receiver for you, um, or a tight you, end. Have you got some, have you got some more? Nah, fuck See, that. I went to one Super that, Bowl. That died. I went. To that one. was fucking terrible. Well, no, that was great. I went to one Super Bowl. <laughs> Don't be condescending. No, I'm telling you, I thought it was great. What was it again? Repeat huh? the whole thing. I, I went Do you to, remember the seventies, Mike? Yes, I did. I went to one Super Bowl in nineteen ninety seven. It was the Pats. It was New Orleans. Now I'd never been I've been to New Orleans only one time, but it was a Did EEI I send you? No, it was Neckin who sent me. No. <laughs> I never said you know I'm, I'm still You're pissed so about that. Bitter, I love it. I know, but I can't it piss me off. God Yes, it can. I mean it I, amuses me. They only me. went nine times. I got no invites. Anyway. So I, I think twice. they were afraid of my expense account. So 
the one in the in New Orleans, that was a weird. That was a crazy, crazy. Because I was drunk the whole time I was there. You know, you can go down the street five feet by a hurricane, go down ten more feet by another one. It's like right there on the street. Everybody's cocked. Everybody's walking down the street. Girls are taking their shirts off on the rooftops and throwing beads at each other. And I'm, you know, all of a sudden, boom! Oh, look, there goes Evander Holyfield. Oh, look, Paul Schaefer. Oh, who's that? It's Cher. <laughs> oh, now that's a Cher impersonator. Uh, I got to tell you something. I was so hammered the entire time I was there. And you know how you make money in New Orleans? You sell uh, canisters that people can pee into. There's no bathrooms. You know, everybody's drinking, but there are no bathrooms in the French Quarter. You have to sneak into how? a restaurant. Why? I don't know. I think because they make more on the fines of people pissing in the side streets. That's disgusting. When they find a guy pissing on the side street, they take you, they, they cite you, you pay them 100 bucks, you're gone. And they make 100 bucks a urination and, and all they do is drink. It's like a crazy. And the cops there are so crooked. I can tell you this. I saw a guy with a video camera, and he was taping three New Orleans cops on horseback. They had this guy by his necktie, and they were circling him, dragging him around in a circle by his necktie. And it, they looked like they were trying to strangle the guy. And then and they had him try to block him in so no one could see. One guy was videotaping it. One of the cops got off his horse, walked over to the guy with the video camera, took the VHS tape. I was an old school camera. Took the VHS tape from him, gave him back his camera, and walked away. Stole his tape, basically, because they didn't want that proof to surface. So these, these crooks. They, they, what, did, what did Dale Arnold do to deserve that from the cops? <laughs> I mean, that's the last guy you would expect cops to be harassing and haranguing and grabbing him by the necktie and galloping around him. He said, are you going to cooperate, Dale? He like said, a bunch well, of thugs well, from Oakley, 1412. Yeah. Yeah, so that was the only Super Bowl I went to, thanks to WEEI, despite my 11-year affiliation during a 10-year run of it. They go to the Super Bowl every year. They didn't want me to go. I'm, I'm still pissed about it. Can you tell? Yeah, I wouldn't want you to go either. I know you God. too well. Damn it. You'd never come back. Wherever it was. If it was in Minnesota a couple of years ago, you would have somehow frozen to death outside. You know that to be true. So, um, if it was back in Phoenix, you know, you would have wandered maybe. off into the desert, maybe done a bunch of peyote, maybe. and we would have found your bones 30 years later. So I'm doing my. So I think EEI actually did you a yeah, favor and not sending it. I'm doing a neck and live show at 11 o'clock p.m. from New Orleans, live, shit based on a balcony, and I'm, I'm so cocked. <laughs> And and they saying live and it's a sports road show and you got the best. and I said oh, you got a shot of those two people over there and the cameraman turns and there's a guy on the porch the the, the balcony right across from us groping this woman. <laughs> I mean he's got her his hands in her shirt and they're just making love on a balcony. It was Gronk and his girlfriend. And I told the guy to turn on this cameraman. He didn't know what he's turning on. He just turned on it and that was the final shot of the show. <laughs> I had a stern talking to when I got back to New England cable news. I'll tell you. Uh, so we have, um... See, it's crap like that, and you wonder why he didn't send you. Uh, you know, I have a motto. And I, seriously, I think I've, I have an adult approach to this whole thing. Fuck them. I think that's a very mature attitude of you. Um, I'm glad to see you've grown over the eight years we've known each well, other. Well, you know, the great thing about being... I, I, no, I haven't gone to any of these Super Bowls, but I've seen them all. I've enjoyed them. I, nowadays, I don't have to come up with, you know, fraudulent takes, you know, on sports to talk about every single night ad nauseum with whatever Nimrod or Numbnuts decides to call into the show. I don't have to do that anymore. I can just enjoy the games in a cerebral fashion and write my songs about the much-adored Patriots franchise and Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, who I think the world of, all three of them, of course, uh, Robert Kraft, you know, uh, I, I just love the whole organization. And I'm not sucking up to get free tickets or anything. I, uh, I just want them to like me. You did well last time. And we haven't done it for a couple of weeks. You did well last time. What was it, 60s? This isn't going to be an ambush, is it? 60s movie, uh, uh, TV themes. TV themes, yeah. Let's continue along that theme. Because okay, I'm more, curious. More 60s you, TV You thing? did well. It wasn't a flawless victory. Pretty much Close. I don't think I missed many. Eh, well, you're yeah, you're man. like the Belichick of it. You're the best. That's right. But you're not perfect. That's right. But can you be perfect? Hold my hoodie. You have to be perfect. You can't I, miss yeah, one. I don't know. I'm a little tired and stoned. 70s TV themes. Okay. You were smoking a lot of pot. You're doing a lot of coke. You're watching a lot not of porn. Not now, but then. No, in the 70s. Okay. 
pot, coke, porn. PCP. You, you had the best fucking life. So do you remember TV at all? I do. Actually, I watched a lot of TV. Yeah. I had a color TV. Nice one. It was a... Uh, I don't know why. Sylvania. It was a Sylvania. All right. Go ahead. Roll it then. I got, I'm ready. I'm ready. Charlie's Angels. It's Charlie's Angels. Oh, by the way, Farrah Fawcett, I banged her. Twice. Uh, that's Barney Miller. Right? Yeah, see? What do you mean was I paying attention? By the way, if, we, if I get one wrong, I'm cutting out of here. Come and knock on our door. No, three's company. That's easy. Hey, by the way, Suzanne Summers, I banged her. Where the kisses are hers and hers and his. Three's company, too. This is uh, Welcome Back, Cotter. Welcome back. Thank you very much. Your dreams were your uh, Who did it? Who did the song? No. John Sebastian, the lead singer from The Love and Spoonful. Fantastic. John Travolta was in this series. I did not bang him. Uh, This is uh, Happy Days. I met met the mother. Uh, What was her name? The redhead... What's it, Ross? Mar- Mar- Marion Ross? You banged her? No, I didn't. She was. Uh, she was at a. Uh, She's the Wolf. only one of them that I'd believe you actually banged. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's easy. That's uh, the Jeffersons. See, this is too easy. You'll never stump me. I thought it was because you were too high. I really thought I'd get you in the 70s because you were just... But these are all so easy. Drunk. You know, play the theme from Dynasty. Philandering. One, two, three, four. Schlemiel. Schlemazel. Laverne and Shirley. Hudson Beth Incorporated. We're gonna do it. Yeah. You know Cindy Williams? Yeah, know her well. Good friend. banged her. (gasps) Son of a... On her mother's couch. Did you do it her way? On tequila. Oh, this is MASH. The most overrated show ever? You think so, really? Oh, God, it's brutal. It had Alan Alda in it. Yeah, what are you talking about? It's so bad. It was pain- it's supposed to be a comedy? Hey, you know Loretta Swit? No. I smacked her. No, 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 I didn't. She smacked me, actually. Then I banged her. <laughs> What's wrong with me? Uh-oh. Uh oh, we may have stumped. Oh no, this is um, the the uh, Michael Landon with what's it called? The Wall Little House on the Prairie. Uh, yeah, oh, I hated that show. Yeah, this is Mary Tyler Moore. This world is big. You know Rhoda. Yeah. I banged her without even knowing her real name. Valerie something. I had quite an active 70s. Is this Beretta? No. Is this uh, Miami Vice? Oh, no. that uh, Wrong decade. Oh no! This is this is a sitcom, isn't it? What is it? Starsky and Hutch. Uh, I hate Starsky and Hutch. Ha! Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Hey, you know Starsky? I hate him. Oh my God! This little house on the—I mean, this is uh, the, the 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 Waltons. Oh, I okay. We gotta stop the tape because I gotta tell you about a Walton story. <laughs> oh God! I'm, I'm running a Dairy Queen in Vernon, Connecticut, that I bought in 1984. <laughs> okay. Well, I had a little story for another day. Go I ahead. had a brief hiatus from radio, and I bought a Dairy Queen. So I'm working in this Dairy Queen in the summer of '84, and this woman walks in, and I said, "She's bought a, I don't know, peanut butter parfait or something." I gave it to her, and I said, "You know, did I go to school with you? You look really familiar." She goes, "Well, I was on TV," and I said, well, "On what?" And she says, uh, "The Waltons." 
And of course, you know, back then you only had three networks, so everybody knew. And I look at her, it's Ellen, the daughter, <laughs> the oldest daughter on the wall. I'm like, ah, oh, God, I felt like such a schmuck. And you know what? I banged her. <laughs> Maud, I, I, I can't do this. I'm getting them all. It's not fair. Mm, I'm getting them all. Oh, yeah, Mr. Sarsky. Say, say it. I'm the smartest man alive. Say it. Say it. Yeah. Songs that made the hit all in the family. You know Sally Struthers? Yep. Yeah, like two weeks ago. Ugh. Two weeks ago, and I needed a bookmark. Uh, this is... Uh... See, they had a lot of instrumentals in the 70s, didn't they? Mm. Uh, soap. Thank you very much. Come on. Billy Crystal on soap. Yep. Did you? No. <laughs> oh, this is uh, the Partridge family. Right? You know David Cassidy? We'll keep going. I'm going to get myself a reputation here. Shirley Jones was his mother, right? Sure. Yeah, sure. All right, so that's uh, I, I, uh, I got another one. This is this is uh, uh, I know this. I know this. I saw this a million times. This show. You want to try one? <laughs> what is it? Oh, Barney Miller. See, I already said that. Didn't I say that already? We know Barney Miller was. This is uh, the, the, the the Brady Bunch. Yeah. No, it's not. I wish I bang her. Is this Wonder Woman? Had some cans on her, didn't she? All right, we got to get out of here, right? Is it... <laughs> now I'm a prisoner of my own demise. This is um, Adam, not Adam 12, uh, Emergency. <laughs> what is it? It's not Emergency? You asshole. <laughs> it's Emergency. I'm going to have an emergency here in a second if I don't get out of here and take a leak. <laughs> That's a Marlboro commercial. <laughs> What's that one? I, I used to like to put. I used to like to put the words to them, you know. Dynasty. What is it? What, what, if you don't know, and I don't know. Said, well, th not even the smartest man alive knew that one. <laughs> Is this the Titanic? All right, we can end that segment at some point. Anytime we it starts to get sillier, then. Fuck. All right. So anyway, gotta hold your hand through this. So the first song you're gonna hear is uh, Tom Brady's a champ. <laughs> I, I, hey. Second was Louis Armstrong's song. Both these songs were done back when the Patriots hadn't won six championships. They'd only won two, three or four or whatever. It was after the Seahawks. One of the, yeah, the, one of the second ones is after the Seahawks. Anyway, whatever. Just listen to them. And, and by the way, don't gloat. When you're out there with fans of other teams, gloat quietly. Have that inner peace and your inner sanctum that knows that your team is the greatest team of all time. And you don't have to brag about it. Just sit there and look... Uh, self-absorbed self and self-contented with yourself. Uh, that way people won't accuse you of being a gloatful shitball. Here's, here's the two songs, and good night, everybody. Peace, love, and yogurt. New England Patriots Hey, we are the kings If you don't think so just count these four rings for Patriots haters.
That's Super Bowl stings. That's why Tom Brady is a champ. Brunel and Bettis. Ray Lewis and Suggs. Call Tom a liar. They must be on drugs. They hate Tom Brady, Giselle, and his Uggs. That's why Tom Brady is a champ. He beat the Bengals, Broncos. He beat the Colts, Lions, and Bolts. Baltimore, Colts once more. Thanks to Seattle. Tom Brady is a champ. The Patriots haters, they bring up Spygate. They say by two pounds, our balls we deflate. They're full of bullshit, it's just jealous hate. That's why Tom Brady is a champ. What Brady will be, not Eli Manning or that David Tyree. MVP trophies, Tom Brady has three. That's why Tom Brady is a champ. It's a Patriots world. <laughs> 